0: on today's episode
1: when you come into a mexican family from the outside it can be uh, it can be quite difficult after a defeat you can have a line of parents outside the door but then when you actually see the country you realize i mean it's such a diverse country with so much more
0: david bevis and you're listening to mexico over the wall a podcast about mexico from the other side on this episode i'll be talking to robert harrington robert moved to mexico from the uk over 12 years ago and lives in puebla i started off by asking what he does
1: Uh, i'm actually a a football coach at the moment i'm sporting director in a football academy
2: okay whereabouts is that in puebla what's it like living in uh, puebla
1: it's a pretty nice city to live in, to to be honest. It's uh, like very chilled out, um, nice, nice weather, nice climate. I don't know. It's a it's a big city, but it's kind of got a, a relaxed vibe to it. It's very very different to Mexico
2: City. Yeah. Have you lived in Mexico City as well then?
1: Yeah, I actually worked for five years at uh, América. So uh, so yeah, I'm very familiar with Mexico City as well.
2: How did you end up coming to Mexico in the first place?
1: Uh, I was actually working in America. Um, I, I lived for about a year and a half in in New Jersey, working for a soccer coaching company, and they sent me to um, like a summer camp in Maine, one of these camps where the kids go to spend the the whole summer, where they've got like a you know a big lake and all different sports to play and and that kind of thing and uh while i was there i actually met my uh fiance she was working in the same camp and she's from puebla so decided to come down here and uh yeah just uh, ended up staying
2: what advice can you give to people who are thinking of coming to mexico
1: um i think uh, you've definitely got to have a a kind of a adventurous spirit i guess the culture is so so different obviously um obviously learning another language is um is difficult, but it's also um, also great fun. I just spoke uh, sort of basic tourist Spanish, so basically nothing. <laughs> so, like the whole process of going through, not being able to communicate and uh, having to think about everything, and uh, you know, just being in that mode of feeling totally engulfed in a whole new culture. And then you've got obviously the difference in food and music, um, just people's attitudes in general. The way family life is—it's just so so different. I think, and unless you are living in an expat community, I think immersing yourself in the Mexican culture is, is something that would be very difficult for anybody that just doesn't adapt well to new surroundings. You know, I think you've really got to be
2: up for the adventure. You, you said the uh, the family life is quite different in in Mexico. How would you say it's different?
1: Just very closed off. The families are sort of very closed within themselves. Um, People generally, their best friends seem to be their their cousins and their brothers and sisters. And um, um, certainly here in Puebla, it's even more so. Um, sort of very, very suspicious of people from outside. And um, and, and really, it's um, I, I guess all, all families are tight and and closed within themselves. But um, in, in Mexico, it's kind of excessively so. If somebody in the family does something wrong they' they'll absolutely defend them to the hill whether they're whether whether, whether they've done something terrible or whatever they're just they absolutely close ranks within the family and stuff like that so it's when you come into a Mexican family from the outside it can be uh, it can be quite difficult
2: yeah it is it is challenging yeah um how how long did it take you to learn spanish
1: i think around about um eighteen months to speak sufficiently. And then I guess a couple of years to then be comfortable. Um, and year on year, you're just kind of picking up little things all, all the time. So you just gradually, gradually advancing. But um, for me, the big thing was my fiance, uh sort of did all the translating and everything. And then uh, uh, she became pregnant. So then I was just thrown in at the deep end. Um, she was working with me. But then from that point on, I had to go to work on my own and and you know i had the the necessity to to be able to communicate
2: yeah i think that that's often common that you need the motivation otherwise people just don't learn
1: yeah, i guess it's like learning anything you know if you can rely on somebody else then you will do but um you find yourself in situations where somebody'll ask you something and you have to sort of really sort of really strain yourself to to come up with the words to give them an answer and i can remember clearly the difference of just just finding the words where usually I would have relied on, relied on my fiancé to, to give the answer. But, and then you surprise yourself by realising that you do actually know a lot of these words. So that, that was the moment for me.
2: Do you have any, uh, any other projects that you'd like to, to talk about for other people living in Mexico or outside?
1: Um, well, at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm employed at a, a football academy but uh, i am in the, the the process of really wanting to start my own project um i think uh depending depending what field you're in it can be very difficult to it can be difficult to make money in in mexico obviously with the the way the culture works uh the strength of the peso and uh i think in in terms of football i've kind of realized that uh that uh, i can make a living here but if i really want to to be uh Properly secure in the future. I've got to do my own thing, you know. So I am in the process of of organising my own project, um, probably starting in the summer. Um, so uh, so that that will be something I'm 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 looking at uh, trying to set up uh, like my own football academy, football school. Yeah, I think for anybody that wants to come to Mexico, I think if you, if you work in the financial field or or, or something similar. Um you can probably find jobs that are that are well paid in Mexico, but um if you're in other fields that really aren't valued greatly in Mexican society or perhaps depend on depend on having paying customers like a football academy, it um it can be very difficult. I mean, um in in, in my own case, I mean, like I say, I can earn enough to, to live in Mexico and, and not really have too much uh too much worry but when it comes to things like for example flying back to England obviously the the, the prices of flights and like you know now we, we have two children so flying four people back to England it can be it can be pretty expensive when you're paying in pesos
2: definitely what's it like um, teaching uh, in Mexico
1: it's um, yeah I mean, it's, it's good fun working with children is always is always good fun it's always very rewarding I think in my own experience, the the difficulties would be like again the the cultural thing dealing with parents. In England, I worked in uh, a couple of professional clubs before I came out here. Um, but in, in the younger age groups, which uh, the the age groups that I'm kind of a specialist in, kind of the four to eleven, twelve year olds. Um, in those age groups over here, it's all kind of Uh, pay-to-play academies including in uh, uh, Club America when I was there in Mexico City Uh, in those age groups it was still pay-to-play even though it was the biggest professional club in in Mexico and um, the the way the culture really works here is um, yeah when the when the parents are paying for their children to be trained they they can kind of feel like they're your boss you know so they can be quite, quite difficult to deal with, and, and um, the, the, the way the Mexican society is set up, the, the people at the top are kind of very superior to the people at the bottom, and so it can just make for make for some difficult situations dealing with people that uh, maybe feel like they've got a got a right to expect certain things from you.
2: Yeah, I, I uh, started off teaching teaching kids in a primary school here, teaching English. And, yeah, the the, the parents were the biggest problem, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and unfortunately, it's kind of – I I think it starts with my my experience in England when I was coaching in England was that very much the coach was God, you know. What the coach said was that was the line we were going to take, you know, and, um, and yeah, over here, it's very much – they they really want to feel like um, they're in control of of the the big decisions, how you're going to work and everything else. So yeah, there can be a lot of conflict there, and uh, and I think um, uh, unfortunately it kind of it can do a lot of damage to the 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 kid's development in the end because the kid kind of gets stuck in the middle of the conflict, you know. And, and so yeah, rather than kind of putting the trust in the the coach or the teacher and and Kind of letting them get on with it and and seeing what results come out, um, you can end up in a lot of conflicts and then there there's also the side of um, the Mexican culture is very win orientated so in 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 youth sports, whereas in England, I was very used to focusing on development and um, not really sort of worrying about results not not sort of really worrying about um, if um, if you lost a game the focus was always really on how the team had played and uh and how the kids were developing um over here you can be under a lot of pressure after a after a defeat you can have a line of parents outside the door waiting to come in and complain about something the focus on winning and uh, obviously it's it, it's a variable that as a as a coach you can't control so so again that that can present a a, a lot of other problems um and in in terms of football i know this is not not necessarily focused on football but in terms of football i've always as a coach i've always kind of wondered from the outside why mexico being such a, a big country with a huge population where football is the number one sport why mexico didn't produce more uh, um, uh, uh, elite world class players and from from actually working within the industry here i, I you can kind of see it very clearly that, um, from the, the youngest age groups, it, it, that there, there are a lot of obstacles to play development. You know, like I say, with the, the fact that the only the kids who can afford to, to pay for good training, really get access to it. And, and then the whole dynamics with the, the parents, the focus on results and all that kind of stuff is, um, it becomes very obvious when you work in it, just why, Mexico doesn't produce players like other smaller countries do
2: okay and uh, fi- finally what things uh, what things do you like about Mexico
1: I certainly like the weather uh, <laughs> you know when you um, you go home and during the cold months and uh, kind of feel the difference in your bones don't you so um, yeah I think um, the, the the weather and particularly in Puebla the, the, the climate is very nice very not too hot not too cold so uh, again, like I said, just the whole um, the whole different culture. If you've got like an, an adventurous spirit, just um, seeing things like the architecture, the colours on the buildings, the the artwork. Um, I think, um, like I say, if if you like travelling and you like an adventure, just the the things you can see in Mexico, um, the archaeology here in Puebla. We have um, close by. We have the uh, a town called Cholula. Which has a a big pyramid um, and an archaeological dig site. Um, so, I mean, all that kind of stuff is 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 really cool. Then you've got um, the, the the language. I think uh, the the Spanish language is a really really beautiful language. Um, I I find it really interesting the way not just the way the language is is structured, but then how people express themselves in Spanish is is very different to. How we express ourselves in English, and um, also in my 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 job with Club America, I actually had the opportunity to travel all around the country. So I've kind of seen the north, the south, the the coastal areas, the big cities. Um, there's just such a such a huge variety of things to see in Mexico. And I think when when you're um, a, a, an Englishman who hasn't come to mexico maybe all you think about is cancun perhaps acapulco but then when you actually see the country you realize i mean it's such a diverse country with so much more to it and there's there's areas that as a as a foreigner an english person who hasn't lived here there are areas you would never go because you would be worried about security or, or or something like that but when you go to those places and you see them, uh, it's just um, just a real eye-opener. So, I mean, there's just so much, to, so much to
0: see in the country. So, I was talking there to Robert Harrington, who lives in Puebla. Over the course of this series, I'm going to be interviewing people from all over the place about their experiences of living in Mexico. If you live in Mexico and would like to take part, please get in touch by writing to feedback at mexicooverthewall.com. Please support the podcast by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, which you can do via mexicooverthewall.com slash Apple, or leave us a review via your favorite podcast provider. You can also support us with hard cash by sponsoring us on Patreon. One of the benefits of sponsorship is that you can get extended versions of these interviews go to patreon.com slash mexico over the wall for more details that's it for this episode hope you liked it see you next time